Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo Podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. Today we continue on our journey through the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, as they are known, are divided in two main tables. The first table of the law, as it is called, speaks of our relationship with God, and the second table of the law speaks of our relationship with our neighbors. When Jesus was approached by the leaders of his day, he answered it in this manner. What is the greatest commandment, he was asked? And the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one was like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first table of the law includes commandments 1 through 4, and the second table of the law, commandments 5 through 10. In this episode of the Preacher's Devo podcast, we are in Lord's Day number 41. Lord's Day number 41 highlights the seventh commandment. The seventh commandment is, do not commit adultery. This commandment highlights the sanctity of relational intimacy. It is here in this commandment that the Lord highlighted the special relationship that a husband and wife are to have. It is a covenantal relationship, one that must mirror his relationship with his people. The marriage institution, so to speak, must be respected and protected both at the same time. In the giving of the Old Testament civil law, this sin, the sin of adultery, was actually punishable by death. According to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10 through 12 and 21, verse 9. Throughout the scripture, marriage is assumed to be between one man and one woman. As a matter of fact, throughout the Old Testament, there are warnings against adultery. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32, these words are uttered. He who commits adultery lacks sense, and he who does it destroys himself. Now, adultery is not simply defined by the physical act of sexual intercourse outside the bounds of marriage. Adultery can happen in the heart. Jesus himself pointed to it, as he pointed out in Matthew chapter 27, 28, the truth of adultery being committed within one's person. He says, You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And Dr. Jones puts it this way, What the seventh commandment prohibits, then, is not just or even primarily illicit sexual intercourse, rather this moral precept is aimed at one's inner being, that is, one's thoughts, motives, and emotions that bear upon relational intimacy. It is right here, folks, that we must be careful to safeguard our minds. If our minds are constantly being filled with sexual immorality, we will be on a course towards adultery. And it happens many times and oftentimes to marriages that are destroyed because of the lust of a man and a woman towards someone outside of the bounds of the covenantal relationship they made with each other as husband and wife. That's why we must safeguard our hearts and our minds so that our consciences are clean and pure before God. Now let's go to the Heidelberg Catechism. 
It begins with this question in Lord's Day number 41. What does the seventh commandment teach us? The answer is that all unchastity is a curse of God and that we should therefore loathe it with all our whole heart and live chastely and modestly, whether in holy wedlock or single life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3-5 through says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. And further, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed must stay undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. The key mandate here is that the marriage bed must stay undefiled. In the pornographic culture that we live in, where now soft porn is portrayed on Netflix and sensuality all over our TV networks, we must truly safeguard our marriage bed by not allowing pornography or other sexual immoral thoughts to enter our minds and to skew our intimacy with our spouses. We must fight against all temptation that leads towards lust and adultery. Lord's Day number 41 offers yet another question, and it is this question. Does God forbid nothing more in this commandment than adultery and such gross sins? The answer is, since both our body and soul are temples of the Holy Spirit, it is His will that we keep both pure and holy. Therefore, He forbids all unchaste actions, gestures, words, thoughts, desires, and whatever may entice thereto. Ephesians Chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Paul says also in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Notice the two words used here. The first word body, the Greek word soma, which is your physical, literal physical body, And then the other word is the word panuma, which means your life-giving spirit. And in other words, your rational spirit, the power by which a human being feels, thinks, or decides. Those must be sanctified to the Lord. Again, the Heidelberg Catechism points out several areas of our lives where we must pay attention to. Our actions, our gestures, our words our thoughts, and our desires, and whatever else that may entice us to sin. So again, circling back to the reason for the giving of the seventh commandment, I offer you here a quote from Pastor John MacArthur. He says, In its most technical sense, committing adultery refers to sexual intercourse between a man and a woman when one or both of them is married. But why is marriage so important? Well, Paul speaks of marriage in Ephesians chapter 5. There, he helps us reflect on the fact 
that our marriages are a picture of Christ and his church. Marriage should be a place where wives submit to their husbands and respect them. And it also should be a place where husbands love their wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And then he uses very pointed words. Words that also speak to and against committing adultery. He says that he might sanctify her, that is the husband, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. What powerful words those are. The husband here, of course, having the main task to maintain purity within his marriage. Adultery violates the idea of presenting one's wife without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. So the husband is called to love his wife in a most intimate and powerful way, keeping with the covenant that he made with her before God and men. And wives are to respect their husbands as themselves so that the husband may have every reason to continue to lead her in the ways of the Lord. And this respect also extends to the upkeeping of the same covenant within marriage where the wife keeps herself also pure and clean from all adultery. Adultery has become commonplace in our culture, but it must not become commonplace among Christians. Though you think this is something new, it isn't. Let me offer you a quote from St. Augustine of Hippo. Very, very enlightening. In this quote, St. Augustine points out that in his time, during his culture, men who did not commit adultery were seen as actually not good. They were mocked. They were made fun of. And of course, this is how our culture functions today. But there is nothing new under the sun, folks. He said... If a man has the nerve to say that he is chaste and faithful to his wife, and this gets known, he is ashamed to mix with other men whose behavior is not like his, for they will mock him and despise him and say he's not a real man. For men's wickedness is now of such proportions that no one is considered a man unless he's overcome by lustfulness, while one who overcomes lustfulness stays chaste is considered unmanly. That is, folks, what the world preaches. But it must not be what we preach or practice as believers. May the Lord have mercy on us, and may the Lord keep us pure before His eyes. Well, folks, that's it for this episode of the Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family and to subscribe. See you next time.